I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's just so crazy, and I'm just so excited. Incubus coming back to Missoula. I'm going to tell you a million times because uh, I'm just so jacked about it. Last time we went, no, I was down ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Last time we went, me and a couple, well, several of my buddies that I've, uh, some of my high school slash even middle school buddies that I've known forever growing up in Missoula, for whatever reason, Incubus is like the band that we all agree on the most. And so we did the thing, went out, got the dinner, got a limo on the way home, downtown Missoula, whatever. It was so fun. And so as soon as I saw that this was coming back down the pipe, I sent a group text. And I'm like, yo, Incubus is coming back. We got to go. Can't wait for it. All sorts of stuff to get to here in hour number two. If you missed anything in hour number one, discussion about a wide variety of things, including the NCAA Women's Basketball National Championship game, LSU rolls Iowa, and uh, controversy, story-building, character-building, all of the above, as Angel Reese taunts Caitlin Clark after the game. And uh, we have reactions and commentary on all of that. Plus, Montana beat Montana State in men's track and field in a duel for the first time in 10 years. Broke down some of those results and some of the key storylines there. And uh, also some of the stuff on the women's side as Montana State beat Montana for the Ninth time in the last 11 years. And we also talked a little bit of spring football as well. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any day. Check them out on the Montana State campus. I want to keep talking spring football here just for a a minute before uh, we then transition into basketball I I just think that there's I I I totally get why spring football remains. I totally also get why a lot of the interest in it has waned. Um and I also like like ne- this spring game that's coming up on Friday. It will be fun to watch football. But I don't expect to glean and or have any real revelatory takeaways from it other than what the quarterbacks look like physically. I'm not even really be able to evaluate if they're actually even good. We'll just be able to see how big they are, how tall they are, all that sort of stuff. But other than that, I mean, the last couple of years of the spring game for the Grizz, better or worse, it's been less than a practice. Like what you see at practice during fall camp is actually even more engaging and entertaining. And like the team stuff during practice is way more revelatory than what we're actually going to do. I mean, last year, what did we see? We saw 
inside zone right, inside zone left, and like halfback swing 10 million times. They, they ran Aaron Fonts on a couple seams and he scored a couple touchdowns, and then they took all those guys out and they just ran the same four plays for 50 plays in a row. So I just can't really uh, think that we're going to see much on Friday, but it'll still be fun to be down at Washington Grizz watching football. Definitely. So then why don't you just make it like a full-on skills competition, right? Why yeah, don't you sure. have like, why don't why aren't we just watching all the wide receivers and all the corners go against each other in one-on-ones and all the linemen go against each other in one-on-ones and the yeah. quarterbacks like have to throw the ball in the trash cans yeah, and whatever. Yeah. And then you have a competition throughout see, the whole spring see, with like the weightlifting and, numbers. And, and this is, this is the Jeff Choate way of doing this. Yeah. Because by year two of Jeff Choate at Montana State, he... He knew a little bit about what the weather is like in Montana, but you don't really know until you actually know. Choate was a, uh, you know, he's he's a hard-ass coach, so he's trying to practice in the morning. He quickly learned that practicing in the morning in March and April in Bozeman a lot of times means blizzards. So he was very uh, against spring ball, particularly because there's no indoor practice facility at either Montana or Montana State uh, currently. And... um so then he started lobbying for uh, less spring ball, no spring ball, whatever it might be. And I remember there was one spring where they ended up not actually even going outside like five or six times. It didn't hurt them at all. Like they went, I think they went 11 and four the next year and made it to the semifinals of the playoffs. So like it, they still did stuff inside and individual drills. But the last two years of Choate, the quote unquote Sunny Holland spring game involved like 20 live plays at the very end. It was a skills competition. Like, they literally had what you were just saying. One-on-ones with receivers and corners. And, like, you could score points for the blue team and the white team. Choate was, like, on the mic talking on the SWX broadcast. That's what you should do. 100%. Why not, right? Like, make it into a fun event where there's all these different things. Like, have the linemen catch some punts. Have the, you know, running backs have a race. Like, all that sort of stuff sounds great. It's not about entertaining us, though. But either way, like, if you're going to do it, But I feel like that would be... As useful, oh, no you question. can still get your work through stuff in with the playbook and whenever when you're practicing, but like yeah. you should just be doing that all spring. Yeah. I do think the one part that uh, is intriguing, but this would only be intriguing from a coverage standpoint if you got to go to every single second of every practice, would be that you could kind of see the hierarchy of the roster and then who's going to maybe be on the chopping block or or not more more importantly which positions they're going to go out and definitely try to find guys but again that's the other part about this is the, the you know the 80 or 90 or whoever many guys we see dressed out on Friday for the Grizz or you know same deal in Bozeman in a couple weeks for the Cats so many of those guys just aren't going to be back in the fall whether it's because of injuries or they just have up too much too big of an uphill battle to to fight or uh, they're just over it, or they get cut. There's so many different things that can happen. But when you have an open transfer market and the coaches know they can go get more guys, your roster attrition is going to be at, what, probably 20% every single cycle just because of the way of the availability of players? Yeah, it's so much different from from what we're going to be watching in the fall. I mean, the Grizz last year, they are bringing in guys who are starting for them right before right. fall camp. I mean, Nico Ramos, the kicker, and maybe sure. they do that again this year. But for sure. it's just going to be a I moving target. He didn't even get there until after camp had already even started. Macias was the same way, right? Right, totally. Yeah, it's, it's just such a moving target. Anyway, I, yeah. It's just tough to have that much enthusiasm about spring football for all the reasons that you were saying, and particularly, you know, 
I think the the Montana Montana State just being in Montana where it's snowing outside on April the third is also sort of a a barrier to that, you know. Yep. Uh, one other thought I had on spring ball. We've talked a lot about the Grizz on the other side of the Continental Divide. The other thing I, I got here is that when I keep th- thinking about this and I keep extrapolating the thought within my own brain, because Tommy Malott, Montana State's outstanding junior quarterback, is more than a quarterback and also because he has the personality that he does, and you combine that with the fact that Montana State has one other incredibly proven quarterback in Sean Chambers, who was the Big Sky Newcomer of the Year last year after transferring from Wyoming. And because of the way those two guys work together, but also because each has their limitations, particularly throwing the football, I can't stop thinking about the other two quarterbacks that Montana State has currently in spring ball. And now I don't think that there's any chance that Jordan Reed, who's coming off a a serious and season-ending leg injury last year, or Chance Wilson, who's an early enrollee who has some of the best high school football highlight tape I've ever seen, I I don't think there's any scenario in which either of those guys fully unseats Malat and Chambers and is just like the runaway go-to number one and only quarterback for Montana State. I do think, though, there's a scenario in which Montana State goes from running a two-quarterback system with incredible incredible efficacy to running a three-quarterback system or a four-quarterback system. I don't think there's really a scenario in which all four of those guys are on the field at the same time. I do think there's a scenario in which three of them are on the field at the same time, particularly Wilson and Malat and Chambers or Reed and Malat and Chambers, and that's something that I really think is going to have teams' heads spinning for those that haven't seen, and mostly you probably haven't, because the only time you, you could have possibly seen them is during spring ball or during practice, Jordan Reed is, he he looks like a blue-chip type prospect. He's 6'5", he throws the ball beautifully, he, he moves beautifully, he looks like a top-tier type guy. But as we know, I mean, a lot of guys look like top-tier guys, and then when the bullets are live, all of a sudden they fall apart. So we'll see. But just in terms of makeup and pedigree, he's very good. And Chance Wilson, I mean, Chance Wilson is so athletic that he could go score points right now for the Montana State track team. No question about it. He would be one of their best 400-meter runners. He'd be one of their best hurdlers. And, oh, by the way, he can throw the absolute heck out of the ball. So we'll see. We'll see where we're at with those two guys. But it would be fascinating. It would be fascinating. And that's the thing about having a young, creative, uh, take-no-prisoners OC like Taylor Housewright. He don't care. They've run multiple quarterback systems for several years now, and uh, and they've done it with pretty uh, unbelievable efficacy. Oh, my eyes were lighting up back here talking about not two, but three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. I mean, that's we're starting to talk about getting into the new frontier because at what point does that get too far away from the football that we, we know? You know, there's, for sure. there's so much untapped ground there. Well, there's so many haters in Montana. Most of them are Grizz fans on Tommy Malott. The kid's limited. He can't throw it. He's just a glorified running back. Okay. So let's say Tommy Watt really is just a glorified running back. If you can snap the ball to your best athlete on every play, and he can then keep the ball and dominate, distribute the ball and dominate, and then when he's on the field and he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's still dominating because you're still accounting for him. 
then it doesn't matter if he has limitations because he's going to have your head absolutely spinning as a defense at all times. Then you factor in that his limitations throwing the football are a little overblown because the numbers, uh, Tommy Watt is by no means elite throwing the ball yet, but he's adequate and the numbers just haven't caught up because why would you ever throw it when you can run it for 300-something yards per game? And that's exactly uh, where they're at. So, I mean, his presence in the offense is the thing that gives you the opportunity to have sort of this new frontier. I mean, like, even when they – if if Sean Chambers wouldn't have gotten hurt against Oregon State, that game would have gone completely differently, and that could have even more increased the scope of Montana State's season last year. But when they ran that true two-quarterback deal – with Chambers and Malott, which they were only healthy enough to do it for about half their games last year, they smashed people. They they had defenses on a merry-go-round. No idea what they were go- where they were going. Yeah, and the thing is that Tommy Malott actually is elite at the throws that he needs to make That's the right. most in that offense, which is the the deep ball and then the quick, you know, pull and and throw it over the middle. Um, it will be interesting to see. That's all I'm saying. It'll be interesting to see where Taylor Housewright takes it if they have another guy that they think that they can get on the field uh, and sort of how those roles shake out if you do have multiple of those guys on the field at the same time. Noir is now ESPN Radio, SWX by Tad Television, and the ESPN MT app. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take an early break, then we're going to talk all things college hoops. Danny Sprinkle, a hot name, maybe on the way to the Mountain West, maybe not. What sort of domino is that in the Big Sky Conference? We also have another premier player in the Big Sky, no longer in the Big Sky, on the way out, entering the NCAA transfer portal. How does that then relate to the state of affairs in men's college basketball leading into tonight's matchup between UConn and San Diego State? All men's hoops all the time here on hour number two of Nuanas Now. Don't change the dial. It's 102.9 ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Who would have ever thought that I would be locked on a Twitter account just called Verbal Commits? <laughs> no, on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuwana is coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Happy April. We left March and came into April uh, over the weekend. I did get got once on an April Fool's joke. Uh, A buddy of mine sent me a graphic of all the Mountain West teams, and it said, welcome to the Cats and the Grizz with the Mountain West logo on there. It was pretty good. I, I got it for just a minute. And then, uh, and then realized I was the one being got. So, uh, happy April Fools. Hopefully you didn't get fooled too much. Because uh, March has come to an end, but the NCAA tournament still has one day remaining. 
Head on over to teamuptop.com and use the promo code ESPN5. It's going to get you $5 off any and all of your purchases. Team Uptop continues to provide the best uh, merchandise there is, uh, the best gear you're going to find for the Cats, the Grizz, Montana Tech, Montana Western, any of your Montana flavored squads. They got all sorts of stuff there on teamuptop.com. So uh, go check them out. And when you check out, use the promo code ESPN5. We'll also have announcements of our tournament uh, ESPN MT Bracket Challenge uh, later on this week as well. The coaching carousel is spinning as fast as it possibly can right now. And you're probably thinking to yourself, Coulter, I haven't heard of very many hirings and firings at this exact moment. But here's what happens in the world of men's college basketball. Almost every single league and almost every single program gets tickets or at least has ins to tickets to the Final Four. And athletic directors, coaches, assistant coaches, they all conglomerate upon or conglomerate in and descend upon wherever the men's Final Four is. So there's all sorts of conversations happening. Courtside, behind closed doors, in the locker room, in the hotel, in the restaurant, in the bar. There's stuff going on everywhere. So then uh, then there's a lot of the, the people that aren't at the Final Four, but they're sort of secondarily watching all this stuff go. So the, it, always expect when the Final Four is over, everybody returns to their respective homes, that that's when it really starts going. That's when it really starts whizzing. And so there's, there's several jobs of interest or of uh, heightened awareness for people involved in the Big Sky Conference right now, namely New Mexico State and namely Utah State. Who is going to fill those positions? Will anybody get those jobs that has Big Sky Conference ties or is currently a Big Sky Conference coach? There's also some rumblings. There might be some moves made at Fresno State, but that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. A lot of conversations going on these last several days in Houston at the Men's Final Four. With success always comes speculation, and Danny Sprinkle has had unprecedented success as the head coach at Montana State. MSU's won 25-plus games two years in a row. They advanced to the NCAA tournament uh, each of the last two seasons. That's the first time in their program's history They've gone to the big dance two seasons in a row. And Sprinkle's name has popped up in the mix for all three of those Western schools I just named, even though Fresno State's not open yet. If they were to become open, uh, Sprinkle with his you know decade and a half plus of experience in California between uh, Cal State Northridge and Cal State Fullerton, uh, he'd certainly be in the mix there. His name has already been uh, rumored with New Mexico State. And his name is heavily rumored at Utah State. Uh, Now, my sources say that Utah State's getting close and that they're down to just a couple candidates, one internal and two external, and that Danny Sprinkle is one of those guys. Now, it certainly takes two to tango. I, I do think that Sprinkle is in a little bit of a power position here. Because make no mistake, Utah State is broadly a step up from Montana State. Utah State's in the Mountain West. For those that haven't been paying attention, Mountain West has a team playing in the national championship game tonight. 
Now, this is uncharted territory for the Mountain West. The Mountain West team has never advanced past the Sweet 16, but a Big Sky team hasn't made it to the Sweet 16 since 1975. So the Mountain West uh, certainly, uh, objectively, a significantly better league than the Big Sky Conference. This last year, uh, it was a three-bid league. San Diego State, Utah State, and Boise State all got into the big dance. And one of those three, San Diego State, is still playing. Utah State also has a great tradition of winning. A part of that came from when Stu Morrill, former Montana head coach, was the head coach there at USU. And he had unprecedented small school success, winning 25 to 30 games pretty much every year. They had an unrivaled home court advantage. But that was in the WAC days when it was not nearly as competitive and not nearly as flush with money as the Mountain West is. But uh, even though Utah State probably broadly has a longer tradition of, uh, uh, of success, they, they've been in, in a, a state of flux as an athletic department and as a university as of late. They're in the process of hiring a president. That has then delayed a lot of the other processes, including the process of hiring an athletic director. Right now, they're trying to hire a basketball coach, but they haven't finalized anything with their AD. They haven't finalized anything with a president. So that puts the situation a little bit in flux. And then the other thing is, at this exact specific moment in time, Montana State has as good a shot if they return everybody from this last team that just lost 77-65 to Kansas State in the first round of the tournament. If the Cats return everybody, including Raekwon Battle and Grant Osabar and Darius Brown, those are the, the main three, along with Danny Sprinkle, then they have a legitimate shot to go for a three-peat, which it's, it's been a long time since there was a, a team that went to the NCAA tournament three years in a row out of the Big Sky Conference. But if they were, if they were to go to the third straight tournament and they were to be competitive and or, of course, if they were to win – then all of a sudden, Danny Sprinkle's stock is sky high, and he's going uh, even higher than the Mountain West job uh, if that opportunity comes to fruition. But this is going to be a big domino. And so, uh, you know, if by chance Danny Sprinkle's the guy Utah State wants to hire, does he make the jump? It's going to be a decision that is certainly agonizing for him. I think there's upsides and downsides to either side of the coin. Uh, but also, as we know, a lot of the times when we're not the ones directly reporting it, and in this case we're not, I do have sources on this, but I also, uh, there's a lot of, of stuff that's just scuttling around uh, among the national college sports writers on Twitter. It's not a done deal till it's a done deal, so we'll see. And uh, we'll see who emerges truly as public candidates if that actually even happens. But Andrew, what do you think of this? I know that we talked a little bit about Sprinkle's influence in uh, at Montana State already He's been there four years, but if he was to leave, and it seems inevitable that that's a, a, a win, not an if, I don't know if it's going to be now, though, but but eventually I don't expect Danny Sprinkle to be the coach of Montana State, let's say, in 2033, you know. Uh, but either way, if he were to move on now, what does that do to just sort of the, the rest of the league? Because the league has already taken several hits with some of the best returning players like Josh Bannon at Montana and Nigel Burris now at Idaho and Steel Vendors, the Big Sky MVP, all in the transfer portal. What does it do uh, to the league if, if this domino does fall and the uh, two-time coach of the year is on his way out the door? Well, I think it opens things up unimaginably, Coulter, because I think Obviously, we're going to see some player movement from Montana State if Danny Sprinkle moves on this offseason. 
Uh, I think it would create a, a real void at the top of the league. I think right now, if Danny Sprinkle comes back and, and the names that you mentioned, Raekwon Battle, Great Osabor, Darius Brown the second, if all of those guys come back, I think Montana is going to be very close to a consensus or even a Montana unanimous State. Montana State. Yep. Is going to be close to a consensus or even a unanimous favorite to to win the conference. I mean, I don't yeah. really see how you can pick anybody else, especially with Steel Venters leaving Eastern Washington. If that domino falls, there's going to be a real void there. I mean, does Eastern Washington build another team out of the transfer portal and with the couple guys that they have coming back, do they become the dominant team in the league again? What what can Montana do? Does Sac State take a big step in, in David Patrick's second year? Just a, a ton of different questions that are sort of fighting for secondary attention right now become a lot more important. That's what it means for the rest of the league. Uh, as far as for Montana State and, and for Danny Sprinkle, it's just it's a question of timing, right? And I for think sure. you've hit it right. And there, it's a question of timing on both of those parts, right? Danny yep. Sprinkle doesn't want to stay in the big sky for too long, but also you don't want to jump too early. If staying at Montana State with this team that you have coming back means that you're the favorites for a three-peat and maybe a better opportunity comes along next offseason. You but, never know what's going to happen, though, right? Because Montana, right. Montana won 26 games a, a, a year for two years in a row, went to back-to-back NCAA tournaments, two of the great teams in school history, with some of the great players in school history. And then they have a premier player in Saeed Pridget, who I, I would say is you know on par with Raekwon Battle. I think Raekwon Battle is a better athlete for sure. But, I mean, Saeed Pridget was... A dog. He's a dominant Big Sky Conference player. They have him coming back, and then from the moment that the tournament was canceled, the the Big Sky tournament was called off till now. Montana has done nothing but slide backward, and Travis Secure sort of locked himself into being stuck uh, here at Montana. And so you're right; the timing is so delicate. And it's it is on the other side too, because you want to be able to have a succession plan if you're Montana yeah. State. You want to be you want to be prepared for it and I don't think if he leaves at at this point if he leaves in any offseason, I don't think it'll be a surprise yeah. for Montana State obviously. So I'm sure there are contingency plans. I'm sure they're coming up with contingency plans at the start of every offseason yeah. now for what happens if Danny Sprinkle leaves, but you just don't want to be caught in between uh, and you don't want to be caught sort of at the end of the coaching carousel when maybe you don't have your choice of, of replacements. Yeah. It's just interesting on both sides. This, you're right. First of all, although Montana State sort of spun as a, well, sort of, it's certainly spun as a football school. Leon Costello, their athletic director, and he's talked about this on this show He's a basketball guy. He's done a great job with football. He's done a great job raising money for football and the, the Bobcat Athletic Complex. And, I mean, shoot, Montana State has been in the Final Four three years in a row, and they play for a national championship in the middle of those three years. So they've certainly got football rolling along right now at a very high rate. But Leon Costello was a college basketball player, and he is a college basketball guy. And so he certainly has a contingency plan. But the contingency plan is more effective, and you could prepare for it much better Every year after this year, this year is the paramount year, and that's why it will be such a, a tough decision for Danny Sprinkle if he does get another offer because even if he stays in Montana State, he keeps the program rolling along. 
you're never going to have the first time of anything ever again. They've, they've gone to the NCAA tournament back-to-back years for the first time ever. They've won 25 games a year, two years in a row, for the first time ever. Raekwon Battle is the biggest recruit Danny Sprinkle has ever gotten as a head coach, as a four-star guy to transfer from Washington, and then to make that work and turn him into a two-time All-Big Sky guy. You're never going to have any of that again, but it's also like if he leaves right now, the contingency plan also has to account for those things ending, and that's what makes it so tough on the Montana State side of this thing. You're talking about just from like a a narrative standpoint, from where the expectations are, right? Right, totally. Yeah, because if, if if Danny Sprinkle leaves and Raekwon Battle leaves, that it puts the whole the whole next chapter behind the eight ball because you just lost all of that. Whereas Sprinkle stays this year, and then whatever happens after that, it's not this same fall off because you're not going to have all of these dominoes potentially fall. Yeah, and that's sort of the point that I've made before about this job, right? It, none of what Danny Sprinkle has done is really going to matter if Montana State has to go out and look for a coach again. They, Interesting. They have to get that higher right again. You know, for sure, because the thing that has put Sprinkle put him over the top is that he's a great coach. He also, though, is the guy that has been able to minimize the disadvantages at Montana State, and he has been able to do that because it's in his blood. And that's going to be really hard to replicate. As somebody that covered Bobcat basketball for 10 years before Sprinkle ever took over, I can't tell you how many times I had conversations with coaches that couldn't believe that they played in this dark, old rodeo arena. Sprinkle hasn't complained about that once because that's the arena he was a star in. So it's a complete difference. He knew the the uh, the the um the disadvantages, and he's been able to completely minimize those, and that's been one of the keys to his success. And the next guy won't have that. You can't, exactly. You can't there hire isn't another guy like that. Yeah, you can't hire a B or B minus hire and have him build off of what Sprinkle has done. You have to get another A guy there because none yeah. of that's going to carry over. And the only other guy that has Bobcats in his blood that also had success as a Bobcat basketball player that's still involved in basketball. He just happens to be the general manager of the Dallas Mavericks. His name's Nico Harrison. So, you know, the pipelines kind of run dry, and that's been the other thing, you know. At Montana, at the University of Montana, the characters from yesteryear are always a part of the story when there's a change, right? The, the greatest coaching tree on men, in men's basketball, other than Pat Kennedy, they have never gone outside the family when it comes to Judd Heathcote, to Mike Montgomery, all the way down the line, Right. Montana State didn't have any of that. The only guy that they had that had any connection to the success of the mid-90s that was still involved in basketball is Danny Sprinkle. Yep. That's all. And Leon Costello said that in the press conference when they hired Sprinkle. He said, hey, I went out on a national search trying to find the most talented coach I could possibly find. And it, I kept coming back to every time, just because this is the hometown guy doesn't mean he's also not the most talented coach I could find. And I couldn't get beyond that, and I realized this guy is the safe hire, the easy hire, but he's also the absolute right hire because I believe in what he could do, and it, it's been a slam dunk hire. He had the highest ceiling, too, is That's what right. you're getting at, in addition to the, the low risk. Yeah, it's interesting because that also at Montana State is the only era of success that they can go back to. Right. It's The word that I'm going to keep coming back to about this culture, it's a gamble, right, for, for sure. both sides. Because of the weight of the potential of what they have coming back next season. That's right. It's a huge gamble. for there is, there is upside for Danny Sprinkle in coming back for another year. Because we've talked, you mentioned all of the things that he has done for the first time. 
there are things that realistically he could accomplish next season that would add on to that list of firsts. And I'm sure. talking about three-peating For sure. and winning an NCAA tournament game. For sure. That is a realistic, it's not a likely outcome, but it is a realistic outcome. It is. If Danny Sprinkle and all of those players come back next year, and if he does that, that catapults him into a stratosphere much higher than Utah State. For sure. No question about it. On the flip side, though, if you bring all that back next year and you can't handle being the defending champs again and you get smacked around and get the five seed and then go one and done at the tournament, well, now all of a sudden you're 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 crawling back home. like that. Or that's even a, if you can handle it and you just get beat, right? right. I mean, Eastern Washington right. lost on a 35-footer at the buzzer. In this, <laughs> right. It's a one-game totally. tournament. Totally. That's exactly right. You never know when you're going to catch the red-hot nine seed at the wrong time. I mean, the look on Dale, David Riley's face after that oh loss. Oh, my goodness. It, 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 was, it was not even not even heartbroken. He was disgusted. He, he was just like, I cannot believe that this happened. Like, the, regardless of the whole way that the entire game played out, to lose like that and have all of what you just accomplished completely flushed down they the drain. They went from the longest winning streak in the nation to their season being over in like a week. One and done. Unbelievable. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're up against it, but I want to ask you one more question before we then get into some national championship game previews. Steel Venters, the Big Sky MVP, entering the transfer portal, on the surface seems like the biggest entry that there's been so far, surpassing Darian White because we sort of assumed that her Bobcat career was done regardless of how she's going to finish her career. We uh, sort of, you and I both sort of knew, not knew, but like, we just assumed that it was a matter of time, no matter what that timing was, that Josh Bannon was going to go play professional basketball in Australia. We, we just kind of assumed that because of how talented he is. Whereas Venters, I think maybe that's one that's kind of out of left field. It leaves Eastern in a weird spot. But after you just said what you just said, I, I, my wheels started spinning. The system that they run at Eastern, it does cater to fitting individual pieces into it pretty well. They lose Angelo Allegri and Steel Venters. They're two top players in their backcourt, but they return all those other sort of unorthodox guys. I actually think, though, if they get the transfer part, they're going to go get a transfer to replace one of the two of those guys for Definitely. sure. If they get that part right, though, I think it'd be right back in the mix. Yeah, it goes back to, and I'll plug myself here, but I wrote about Eastern Washington for going sure. into the Big Sky Tournament. Long feature on Skyline Sports. Thank God you, we got it. You got it done when you did. We were thinking, oh, they'll win their first round game. We'll print it as a semifinals preview. I'm so glad that you got it done because then it was at least to be able to print. We had to print it for a couple of, uh, hours before. I got that one done before I even went down <laughs> to Boise, right. which yeah, is so not a, not common. Not an uncommon performance for sure. <laughs> what David Riley said is that. The team was built around Ethan Price, who's their sophomore big guy, and he's staying there because of the unorthodox things that Ethan Price can do as a five. Who You can post him up, certainly, but a guy who can stretch the floor as well at 6'10". That was the guy that he said, well, when we got that piece to replace Tanner Groves, you know, they're not the same player, but that was the idea. You get him to replace Tanner Groves. That's when everything started to fall into place around him. That's when we had the cornerstone that we could build on. So, uh, while Price, you know, obviously they lose a ton of their production with Steel Venters uh, and Angelo Allegri. But I think that, like you said, those are the pieces that they can maybe go and replace uh, and slot back in around this system. They have guys there who are, who are very important for them last year who are going to be staying. 
No one's down here. Spin radio. Check that feature out on SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll give you five keys to the national championship game tonight. And also talk about how UConn is sort of different than all the other Blue Bloods for a variety of reasons, but specifically because they are absolutely hemorrhaging money, but they're not that worried about it, and that's why they're playing for a natty tonight. Nuana's now business analysis and NCAA men's championship game preview. Coming up, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here are some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, um, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. July 23rd, Kettlehouse Amphitheater, Incubus. I'm sorry, I had to just do all Incubus today because I just got so excited when I got the announcement. No, I was down ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Miss anything in the show today, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by GoBlackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore. Best place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. They're on the Montana State campus. I know I sometimes probably get exhausting with how much I I ruminate on and, and like to talk about sort of the state of affairs in college sports, but I do think that the days of just talking about the glory of the kids and the wins and the losses is just, it's behind us because, first of all, in a lot of cases, these are uh, state jobs, state salaries, huge money-making engines it's it's public education, it's big business, it's a, I mean it's a huge economic engine in a variety of different communities, but particularly small communities like Missoula and Bozeman. And uh, the the world is getting smaller. Even though the power five is getting significantly more powerful, more lucrative, more uh, multi-millionaire. All of this stuff trickles downhill. And it makes what's happening in the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big 12 
actually more impactful on conferences like the Big Sky Conference because of all the different dominoes that are falling. I was looking at budgets for respective athletic departments, and I found a bunch of articles about how UConn, who plays in tonight's men's uh, national championship game, men's basketball national championship game, they are currently operating, it depends on the report that you see, but between a 44 and a $53 million deficit in their athletic department. Now, there's several reasons for that. One, during the COVID year, they lost a lot of money because of ticket revenue. They also uh, had a, a school-wide and subsequently statewide budget cut that slashed about $215 million out of the spending for the university as a whole, and that directly affected the athletic department. And then they also had a huge falling out with their former head men's basketball coach and Kevin Ollie, which resulted in NCAA violations, but also resulted in the firing of Ollie, which then came with a gigantic buyout, and they've been trying to make up for lost time with that as well. So men's basketball itself, which was a money-making entity at UConn, hasn't made money the last couple of years, but it's not because of anything besides that they're still trying to reconcile the Kevin Ollie payout. Now, UConn, I think, is in this position where they're in their sixth national championship game since 1999. And I think a part of that is because that even though their football program has been deplorable, they haven't let their football program dictate the future of their men's and women's basketball programs. Other premier basketball schools like Syracuse and Maryland have. They have completely let their football teams, which aren't any good, dictate where they land in terms of conference affiliation. They're doing that so they can get in the ACC and they can get in the Big Ten and they can get that money. Now, UConn has been all over the place, whether it was the AAC or uh, SCS Independent, FBS Independent. I don't even know where they're at right now for football, but they've let the basketball programs dictate their athletic department standing. Them getting back into the Big East is one of the reasons that they're here in the men's basketball championship. Them being in the Big East in women's basketball has also helped fortify one of the great dynasties ever there. So it's a great example of how if you don't chase the money, but you do have great success, how it still can be detrimental to you financially. Like if UConn, it's a give or take, right? If UConn would have joined a Power Five, they absolutely would not be operating at a $53 million deficit. No chance, because they'd be getting $25 to $50 million straight up from the TV rights of the respective league's television network. But then on the other hand, if they would have chased the football money, let's say UConn's in the ACC, or let's say UConn's in the Big Ten, would they be in this position going into tonight's game? I'm not sure. I don't want to ruminate too much on that, though, because I do want to talk quickly about uh, some of the keys to this uh, basketball game. 720 tip-off, San Diego State, UConn. UConn is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think is pretty steep, especially considering how good San Diego State's been defensively. But quickly, I know we're r- running out of time, but my five keys of the game. One, can San Diego State tread water for long enough to then let their defense sink in? I thought their game uh, against FAU was a great example of it. They were up or they were down, excuse me, 14 points, but then they got stop after stop after stop after stop, setting up 
Lamont Butler's great walk-off to punch this ticket in the title game. So can San Diego State tread water? Also, can the SDSU big men, including uh, Mensa, who's one of the great defensive guys in this tournament, can they handle Adama Sanago? He has been the best player in this tournament. UConn's big guy has been absolutely lights out and so dominant. So what's the matchup like in the post? UConn has blitzed and buried everyone they've played in this tournament. They're the only team ever to reach the final with five straight wins of 13 points or more. So can they get out to a great start against a really, really tough San Diego, San Diego State squad? I think that'll be a key. San Diego State wants to play a defensive style. UConn wants to play an up-tempo offensive style. Who determines the tenor of the game? That, that'll be a key. Coach versus coach. Brian Dutcher's been here before several times as the associate head coach at Michigan. That was 30 years ago, and he was not the head coach. He was the associate head coach under Steve Fisher. But he has been here before. Dan Hurley comes from a family with great basketball pedigree. His brother Bobby's played in the Final Four multiple times. But can Dan Hurley handle this moment? Both these guys can be able to handle the moment. These guys are paid millions of dollars for a reason. But who can earn the coaching edge? The guy who's been here before but never as a head coach or the guy who's never been here before his first trip to the NCAA Final? But then more than anything, though, I think that this really comes down to, I mean, the the more these teams seem not the same, the more they are the same. The reason that they're here is they got long, tall, athletic bigs who can guard on the perimeter and protect the rim. They can play really, really good defense, and they got a couple players that are playing at an all, uh, at a, a all-American caliber level. So the, to me, what this comes down to is who makes shots, who settles in, who, who gets the rhythm going, who can handle the gigantic football arena and the magnitude of the moment, whoever makes shots. It's pretty easy. Basketball's pretty cut and dry. Whoever makes shots is going to win the national championship game tonight. For yours truly, I'm rolling UConn and the over. The total's 130 and a half. I got the Huskies money line and 130 and a half over. Take it to the bank. At least I'm going to. We will have full feedback, analysis, commentary of the national championship game tomorrow. Plus a, a, a bunch of other great guests. We'll see you then. It's is Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.